guys, your host George Bakai again with another amazing interview. I'm doing it live in my house. Well, not live, pre-recorded, but at my house. I'm chilling down, shooting the breeze with Karu. How are you, sir? I'm good, brother. How are you? I can't complain, man. Like I said before we went, you know, before we started recording, you know, this is I'm just getting a chance to talk wrestling with a wrestler. So this is like a good part of my day. Shit part of my day happened at work. Now I'm here and I'm talking to you, so it's a good part of my day. So, Karu, the first question, like I mentioned beforehand, that I always ask is what I like to call the defining moment. Everyone in this business has a moment where they fell in love with this business. Do you remember your defining moment? Do I remember my defining moment? Man, it was years ago. I I, I have glimpses, you know, of what really got me into pro wrestling and uh, how I fell in love. So it actually all started with my brother. Yeah, I don't know how, how he started watching pro wrestling, but I, I know he told me that it was in Turkey. We were at a... We were just... Rich, yeah, it's not a refugee camp. It was sort of like a refugee camp, but uh, but more upscale because we had it. We were able to watch some TV. So my brother watched wrestling there in Turkey, which is pretty weird. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it got there, but it got there. And when we moved to Canada, when we got to Canada, he, was, he found a channel and he started watching it. So... When I started getting older, that's I, I started watch, sitting down watching it with him. And um, one moment that I, that really caught my eye the most is, I'm not going to lie, is uh, when Steve Austin had the nice interview with uh, Vince McMahon. He had that tie on, you know. I think it was the first time he stunned Vince McMahon too. It was then, like, when I seen that and I seen that guy, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be bad. I wanted to be like, I'm not going to take crap from nobody. And I've seen you wrestle twice, and I could say that I think you've achieved that goal. <laughs> Very early, right out the gate, I could say you've achieved that goal. Uh, it's actually interesting, because we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. I saw you at Junction, and you took on the British Brawler. Yes. And it ended in a no decision. Yes. The time limit was reached. There was no pin. There was no tap out. There was no nothing. And at the end of it all, you guys did something that I love to see, which is a show of complete respect for one another. You just had this epic battle in the ring. You're putting each other through hell and back. And at the end of it all, you shook each other's hands. You did that slow, like, you know, Walt Disney nod. (laughs) And then there was kind of, I I don't know if a lot of other people saw it, but I caught it. There was a little bit of a smile on his face, a little bit of a smile on your face, because you knew there was going to be a part two. You knew that there has to be a part two. There has to be a part two. And especially with British Brawler, like, the matches I have with him are always fun. They're always hard hitting. He's like, he's the guy I like to face because um, he's not scared, you know? And uh, he brings, he always brings the best out of me. I think he brings the most aggressive side out of me. You know, he's. I feel like he's one of the wrestlers that brings that aggressive side out of me, which trips me up the most, you know? I don't know what it is, but I love it. Well, you know what they say, everyone has that, that one dance partner mm-hmm. that does bring out that, it gives you that extra notch. Actually, I stole this from Holden, Holden Albright when I interviewed him, and he called it level up moments. It's moments where you kind of reach that glass ceiling, and then you find that way to punch through. And I think when you tangle with the British brawler, I think both of you find that way to punch through. Yeah. You have that, that charisma yes. that a lot of wrestlers don't have. So all I can say from being a fan of you and a fan of Junction, you got to make these matches happen. But after part two happens and we get that decision, part three's got to happen with gold on the line. So one of you got to steal that title from Pretty Ricky. <laughs> you got to get that title from Pretty Ricky. And then that first challenger <laughs> out the gate has to be, if it's him, it has to be you. And if it's you, vice versa. It's got to be one or the other. That's true. And it's got to be with gold on the line because I want to see how far <laughs> you guys take it with gold on the line. So I know from doing my research and actually having my former co-host know you, 
Yes. Uh, the voice. Michelle. We used to call her the voice, Michelle. What up to the voice? Yes. But we used to call her the voice. And the reason why is because she was the voice of reason. Between the three of us, when we started this, she was the one that came out with the... She was not really on my side. She was not on my other co-host, the former co-host, the animal side. She was always in the middle, but she found that balance. And in talking with her and preparing for this interview, she mentioned to me that you were a football player. Yeah. And as we know, it's no secret in wrestling, football players and wrestlers kind of transition hand in hand. Now in Canada, being a football player is not easy because the goal, as you much as you want it to be the NFL... Yeah. We have what I like to call, and I, I hope you don't take offense to this, we have what I like to call the participation sports of all sports, which is the CFL. No. Yes, I'm no. sorry. The CFL, Karu, I, I, this may, this may change no. your opinion of me, but the CFL is the only sport where you could lose almost every game and still make the playoffs. It's true. Okay, yeah, you can. All right, you can. But, like, it still gives our guys a platform to play. You know what I'm saying? Like... You know, shout out to the boys that are out there still playing, you know, balling out in the CFL going ham. You know, like, it gives them a platform to try to still make it to the NFL, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, yes, it's it's always glorious to make millions. You know what I'm saying? But if you're still getting paid to do what you love and you're still on national television, what more do you need? You know? I don't need any more. I'm just going to shut the hell up now because <laughs> obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you're 100% right. And I, I, I do say that as well. I say it gives them a chance to play. It's just it's hard to see because you know what? They they have a grind just like the NFL does. Exactly. But the pay scale is Jesus much different. Me. But it's not it's not just the CFL that the pay scale is different. I mean, look at women's sports and men's sports. Mm-hmm. I think the only sport where women and men really are paid equally would be wrestling. I don't know. Well, you don't know, but I, well, all I'm saying is, is that if you look at the if you look at the caliber of the female talent yes. now that's especially coming out, some of the girls in Junction, some of the girls in the indie scene in Ontario, and then you look at like you know the bigger platforms like Impact, Tessa Blanchard, she's killing it. Mm-hmm. The only girl I know who can like beat the crap out of Sammy Callahan and still look beautiful. Yes, like in that, yeah, you know, like women's women are going ham, and I do like that. You know what I'm saying? Especially where I know I, the area I come from. You know, we got women soldiers going ham defending our country. So, like, when I see things like that, like, I love it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, getting paid, they should get paid sometimes way more than us or at least at the same level as us, you know? A hundred percent. So, football. Yes. And then, I guess, did you hang it up because of an injury? Did you hang it up because it just, it was something that maybe you yourself kind of grew out of and then you transitioned to wrestling? Like, talk, talk me through that. How do you go from football and, as you put it, you know, hamming it up in high school and then... We transitioned to wrestling. We're still a young guy. You're only 28. Yeah. So I, I myself am in my 30s, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> we're not going to go there right now. So, um, yeah, I played high school, and then uh, I was fortunate enough to play uh, Seja football out in John Abbott. So that, that was fun. Um, what actually made me make the switch? So I always knew this was something I wanted to do, pro wrestling. You know, I just didn't know when I would start. My, obviously, my goal was to make it to the NFL or CFL. And maybe after that, see what happens. You know what I'm saying? If I want to pursue it again, if I want to pursue it, go ahead and pursue it. If I don't want to pursue it, at least I was able to do what I wanted to do. You know? And um, when when I played my last year at Seja, uh, it didn't go the way I wanted to go. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was a bit too, uh, I would say, you know, a little bit too ignorant for my liking. Should have... Um, Sparring up more, 
listened more to what my coaches had to tell me than really be defensive to what they're trying to tell me. And um, yeah, it didn't it didn't go the way I wanted to go. So when I actually moved back home, uh, I just said, forget it, I'm going to do it. But before I actually left, my brother actually told me about Santino Morella and Battle Arts and how he's opening up a school. So I actually told him, I go, okay, you know what? If my last season doesn't work out for me, if I don't get get a chance to go play uh, CIS football, then um, I'll do pro wrestling. Yeah, so then that didn't work out. I moved back. Um, I told myself, I'm just going to take a year off of sports, just try to recover because my body was really hurting me from football. And um, that 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 happened, and I went straight to Battle Arts after, like, when was it? January 2015. See, four years ago, going on five years ago, actually yeah. in a couple months, right? Yeah. January's, like, literally around the corner. Can you believe how fast this year's gone? Yeah, it's ridiculous, crazy. man. We're two weeks away from Halloween. I just can't get over yeah, it. My mom said the same thing. My mom actually was up to me. She came up to me. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was yesterday. You know, um, we were just talking. She goes, can you believe that we're already in October? I go, yeah. She goes, like, is it just me? Like, is, is it just me? Because I'm getting old, so I feel like time is just flying by because I'm, I'm older. I'm watching you guys get old, you know? Like, are you guys, like, like, am I just watching you guys grow and then I'm feeling time is just flying or is time really flying? To my mom, I go, mom, man, I feel the same way. You know, I go, like, no, it's not just you. Like, I, I look at it, I go, man, what's going on, you know? Because I look at, like, my little cousins, you know what I'm saying? Like, that were people that I've seen when they're young and they're already grown men and I'm just, or grown women. And I'm just like, yo, what the hell? You know? And I, then, I feel you on that, man. You met you met my daughter, my yes. partner in crime. I call her the mini host. She comes out to me with a lot of the events. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe she's 10. She just had her 10th birthday actually yesterday. Jesus. It was her 10th birthday. She's a big double digits now. That's crazy. I'm three years away from uh, dating, I think. Three, four years away from when that's going to happen. But that's my fun point. That's when dad, that's when I get to be fun. Yeah. I, the goal is to make one of them crap their pants when they come over to date her. Yes. And then once they do that, I'll stop. Yes. I'll stop. Yes. Honestly, yo, if you're dating my, if I ever have a daughter, which I really want to have, you know, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. People that know me, well, no, what I'll probably... I'll be a great father. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I know I'll be a great father. But, yo, any guys that try to date my daughter, honestly, yo, just wait. I'll sit down and talk to them. I'll give them some tea. You know what I'm saying? Some water. But just know, huh? the way I'm looking at you, oh, buddy. Oh, man. When I say tw- when I say 9 o'clock, if it's 9.01, yo, I'm coming for you. Your mom's going to have to push you around in a wheelchair for the I'm, rest of your I'm, life. No, no. I wouldn't get that far. But I'll probably send my dog after him, you know, because I really want a dog. I'd be like, sick of boy. You want like a big, uh, what, what, what's, what's your dog of choice? You like uh, Doberman? Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that dog's going to really do any damage, but good for you. You can no, hope. I'm you joking, can hope. No. I hate those dogs. Um, <laughs> I'd give myself, you know, a nice husky, you know, maybe, um, maybe a German, you know, oh, German Shepherd. German Shepherds yeah, are beautiful. Know. Oh, they're nice. You know what I could see you rocking with? Mm. Just because you know you're a big boy, a lot of personality. You gotta rock it out with. Uh, you gotta rock it out with like a Saint Bernard, man. Jeez. Those dogs are, or even you know what? Even I'll raise you a Saint Bernard. I'll go bull mastiff. No way. Bull mastiff. That's like a horse. Yo, my dad has a customer that has a bull mastiff, and they let it run around free in the backyard. It's super nice. I didn't know this, but the first time I seen it. I went out with the lawnmower because my dad does landscaping. I'm ready to cut this yard. I seen it. 
holy shit, I almost shit my pants. Like, they have a fence, and instead of just opening up the fence, I hopped over the fence like an idiot. I was, I was terrified. My dad started laughing at me. But, yo, those bad boys are huge. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. I thought, I, I didn't know what I was looking at. If it was a dog or a horse. I heard those 10, 10, 20 pound bags of dog food. Yeah. They usually only last about a week. A week. week and a half. Oh, yeah. You're talking two cups, three cups to feed that mastiff. I mean, it's a horse. It really is. Jesus. I've seen, uh, like, the biggest one I think I've seen was 160. 160. 60 pounds, man. And this thing was, it was, oh, but like you said, it was, it was like a kitten. It was the sweetest, most gentlest thing. But then again, if you mess with anyone in its family. Oh, it's eating you. Oh, it'll rip you apart. Yeah. It'll rip you apart and then it'll just lick the bones clean. Like, there won't be any sign of you left. When I see his customers playing with it, I'm just like, yo, guys, like, you know, when it goes up, right? Like you're basically looking at its balls, you know, like, yeah, it's so, it's so huge. <laughs> like, and you're just playing with this. Like you're hugging it up. Like, it's just like, it's like two feet tall or like it's your teddy bear. So get out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's a mountain, bro. 100%. So Santino Morales School, going yes. on five years. Five years. Uh, I, I had a chance to interview Santino. Nicest Funny. guy in the world. Hilarious. Very humble yes. for the career that he's had. And actually an inspiration to me because if you think about how late mm-hmm. he got started, just like Diamond Dallas Page, if you think about how late in the game they got started and how far they progressed. I mean, Santino is an intercontinental champion, yes. a U.S. champion. A multiple-time tag team champion. He should have won the world heavyweight champion. Should have. 2012, that should have been his year, man. Should have been his year, but you know what? I think the career that he had and all the accolades that he has, he's Hall of Fame back. He's Hall of Fame back. I mean, to go out on your first night on Monday Night Raw and win the Intercontinental Championship, that's something special. Yes, I was like, yo, when was that? That was what? 2000 and... That's when they went to Italy. Yeah, was that? 2006, 2007, yeah. Yeah. I was in grade what? Grade 10, grade 11. Yeah, I watched that actually live. Man, yo, when they picked him out, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I thought it was real stuff. <laughs> of course, I marked yeah. it out too. Because yeah, at the time, like, we didn't get it, yeah. right? Yes. I was like, yo, what do you mean you're taking him out of the crowd? Like, how is this, how's this possible? And then when he won, I was just like, damn, I got to be like him. <laughs> you know, so, me out of the crowd. So you go in for your first, you go in for your first training session. Yes. You take that first bump. And I love these stories. I love these stories because I have so many reactions. So you take that first bump and you're literally staring at a metal ceiling with a couple of drop down lights. What runs through your head when you take that first bump? I didn't like it. (laughs) I did not like it. Like I did not like it at all. The crash pads are so much better. Yeah. I know that's the only thing I was thinking about. He's like, why couldn't it be on a crash pad? Yeah. It hurt. But. You obviously, you must have liked it enough to go back because you yeah. kept going back. No, it's true. I did still, yeah. But, you know, after a while when you, like, learn how to bump properly, especially in, in that uh, hellhole of a ring. Nah, it's not a hellhole. It was a really good ring. It's a really good ring, you know? It is, yeah. It's just really stiff. But aren't they all? I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it logistically, you're talking metal on two by fours on foam padding about three inches thick. But you'd be surprised. Every, like, there's, there's difference. There's a difference between rings. Like, the ring at Battle Arts, the reason why it's pretty stiff is because we also use it for boxing, Muay Thai, for the other classes that are that are there too. So, like, there's going to be days where, like, it's going to be pumped up. And so, it's, it's, like, just... it's like a universal remote, but for the different types of sports within the facility. Exactly. So, like, it's meant, that's why it's pretty stiff, you know? It's, it's meant to be like that. So, like, when you go out to other rings, just because we get to work in that one ring, which is, honestly, has made my bumps, like, better because it teaches you how to bump right. 
it uh, it feels like I'm I'm laying on 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 clouds. What about the ring of junction? Because I noticed that that ring is very low to the ground compared mm-hmm. to most other rings. Is that ring comfortable? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I think that ring would be a little bit more uncomfortable because of how low it is to the ground. No, it's okay. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, something I don't know. I should. I'll just shut the fuck up here. You or, do the rest of the interview. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Or, or I don't know. Or it's maybe like I'm a weird guy. Like my pain tolerance is pretty high. I well, again, how many years of football? Your pain tolerance. Yeah. Your body's probably numb in certain areas. Oh yeah, especially right here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's pointing to his head right now. So. As you're progressing through the classes and you're learning, and then you got to get to the, the fun class, which is the character development class. When you when he finally comes to you and he says, "Okay, we have to we have to figure out who you are." Yes. So, and this is another this great is this is another great point that I always like to make because I want to know: Was Carew right out the gate, or did we evolve to Carew to, or at least to the Carew that I've seen now, where there's stages of Carew, or did it did it right out the gate where you're like, "No, nah, I'm I'm that's who I am. I'm Carew." So, like, this is funny. Well, it's funny to me. Um, so, the day where Anthony goes, yo, okay, you're going to debut um, for, for Battle Arts. He, I, went, I was like, okay, perfect. Like, I'm going to debut. Um, what am I going to do, though? Because, like, the, when, I was, the, like the, when I first started, everybody told me, Don't, who cares about um, character work? Who cares about, like, your gimmick? Learn the basics first. Which is true, you know, like, like throw all that out the window. Who cares what your name's going to be? Who cares what you're trying to pursue, like, what gimmick you want? Like, who cares right now? You know, like, get the basics down, and then the rest will flow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have the basics down, but you have the character, who cares? Right. You've you got to know what to do in the ring. Exactly. In order for the character to shine through. Exactly. Because if you're unsafe, nobody's going to work with you. And then you're not going to have much of a career. Exactly. But you have a character. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You know? So they all told me, like, just um, just learn the basics first. The character will come. So uh, I've obviously been, you know, trying to. St- st- I was still learning the basics at that point too. So I'm still learning the basics now. What am I saying? And um, so we're just learning, 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 learning. Then when he told me that I'm gonna debut, I went up to him and go, Anthony, what do you want me to do? You know, like I don't even know what to do. He just said, uh, "Be you. Be where you're from. Be Kurdish." I was just ah, brilliant. You know, I can for sure be Kurdish. You know what I'm saying? Because that's me. So when he said that, I just like, ah, oh, man, I know what I knew what I was gonna wear. I didn't know what I was gonna do with my hair, but I knew exactly what I was gonna wear. It's just like I got Kurdish clothes. You know, I'm gonna wear these bad boys. You know what I'm saying? Because from when I was young, I always wanted to represent my country. Like when I played football, I had a, I would like before, like not not in high school, but when I got to college, I used to wear a Kurdistan jersey. You know, so like. Everything I do, I try to do for my country, you know? Because uh, I love that place to death, you know? So um, when as soon, as soon as he said that, I was just perfect. I know what I'm going to do. So I came, I, came, I came in with my Kurdish clothes. Then Anthony's like, yo, cover your hair. I mean, cover your face with your hair. I was like, all right. So I did that. So then that was one. That's how when, that's Karu, the monster was created, you know, just, just by that. But then Karu, I always knew what, I, what he was going to be. I always knew what story he was going to have. Because Carew's, you know, I'm just gonna tell them my story, you know, the way I was, the way, the way I was brought up, what my, what my parents had to go through, what my brother, and my sisters had to go through, my brother, and my sister had to go through to come to Canada. So it's like I can tell that story, and it's the truth, you know, it's not a lie. Right. So tell me that story. What, what was so, 
before we go into that, Karu is basically just a more hyped up version of yourself. Exactly. And what does what does Karu mean? Does Karu have a meaning? So Karu is a mountain in Kurdistan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. So basically, you are the mountain. Exactly. I love it. I hope that's what it means or my parents are lying. <laughs> but, but that's gonna what go, my parents told me. I'm going to have somebody listen to this interview when it drops <laughs> and they're going to search it up and they're going to be like, no, man, that, that means like salt. Imagine. That means like, <laughs> that means, that means salt shaker. This guy's name is Salt Shaker? What's happening right now? Uh, yeah, that would actually be sick. You know, salt shakers. Everyone needs a salt shaker, you know, so everyone needs a Karoo. Everyone needs, ah, <laughs> well played. So tell, tell me about the story. Tell me about like how hard it was for your parents to come over here. Like you mentioned earlier, when your yeah. brother started watching, it was a refugee camp. Yes. That can't be, that can't be easy to no. go from that to struggle to get over here because, you know, I was born here. Mm -hmm. So to me, I, I, I know what the rest of the world goes through, but I myself have never experienced that. So when I get a chance to kind of touch on it, if it's not too personal, when I get a chance to touch on it, I, I do like to hear about it because it, it fascinates me because I want to know it's, it's, it's individuals like that, that go through all those hardships that come here. They really appreciate yes. and embrace what our great country is about. Cause Canada is one of the few countries, no matter where you come from, the minute you touch down here, the minute you touch Canadian soil for the first time, they love you still. You home. Yeah. We don't love you. You home. <laughs> True. That's what it is. We we welcome everyone that comes to the country because everyone that comes here, as long in my opinion, anyways, as long as they're contributing, and putting back into Canada, mm -hmm. after what Canada has given to them, I'm all for it. So so walk me through all that stuff. So um, for a lot of you guys that if they, if you guys know or don't know, Kurdistan, we've been uh, we were an we're an oppressed nation. You know, um, we we've we've been going through genocides after genocides. There's uh, basically a genocide that might even happen right now as we speak. Um, if you guys are watching the news or not watching the news, there is a lot of stuff that's happening in northern Syria with Turkey, with Kurdistan, and um, with just, 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 just a lot of nonsense that really shouldn't be happening in our day of age, especially now where we're trying to move forward and not backwards, but for some odd reason in the Middle East, we continue to move backwards, you know? Um, but, uh, back in the eighties, there's, uh, a genocide that Saddam Hussein started and, uh, he basically bombed a Kurdish village and called Halubja with, uh, mass chemical weapons. By him doing that, it started a, basically a crazy ass war between Kurdistan and Iraq. And during this time it was actually war between Iraq and Iran and the Kurds that were in the mix of it too. So it was just like an all-out free-for-all, basically. So during that time, my dad was actually a soldier back home. And uh, my mom was married to my dad. And there was just a lot of, like, controversy that happened. So, like, if you end up going to jail and uh, you escape prison and they want you back, they're going to go for your family. Sort of like what the mob would do if they want something from you. You know what I'm saying? It's right. It's that it's that mafioso mentality. Exactly. If I can't get you, I'll hurt everyone around you. Exactly. Just right. to get to you. Right. So my dad was in jail. My dad escaped prison. And then they went after my mom. They went after uh, my grandma. Rest in peace. And um, Big ups to granny. They, 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 they went after... Yeah, they went after them. They took them to jail. And um, while they're in jail, it's, it's not like how jail is here. You know, you don't, you don't get food. That often uh, you don't you don't have a bed to sleep on, um, you know they you don't basically have 
even though you're in jail, you still have a sense of freedom because you're able to still walk around. Even though you're not walking around outside, you still get to roam around wherever you are. Jails in the Middle East, there's none of that. There's no roaming around. It's You're getting tortured. You're getting beat. You know, you're not getting fed. Some days, you know, there, or if you're a woman, they might rape you. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously it's two different ways, you know. It's two different worlds, sorry. And um, my mom went to jail back home there in Iran escaped prison, <laughs> went back to jail, basically pregnant with my brother at this point. And uh, before this even happened, my mom lost my brother during the war. So uh, so that happened, got thrown to jail while she was pregnant, got beat while she was pregnant with my brother. And then with my brother, basically, when he was about to be born, they, they gave them uh, an ultimatum. You know, if it's a girl, you can go. If it's a boy, you have to stay in prison. So my mom said, fuck that. The political party my dad was in helped my mom escape. So my mom escaped while she was, while wherever she was, she told me that she had to give birth. So uh, she was basically in the middle of a battlefield giving birth to my brother. Wow. Yeah. From there, they're running around basically escaping what's going on. Ended up in Turkey where she got thrown into jail in Turkey. While she, at this point, she was pregnant with me. Wow. Yeah. So she was pregnant with me in the prison. And then a couple of months later, I was born. She was able to leave prison, chilling in, uh, chilling a normal life until Canada said, Joe, come on over. Then we came on over. That's amazing. Yeah. That's uh, You hear all that, and I got to say, your mom's, she's one tough lady. Oh, she is. Your parents, and you know what? You're, you're all happy. You're all happy. You're healthy. Yes. You're here. Your sister? How old is your sister? Sister, uh... You said she's my age, right? Close to your age. She's oh. 84, so 30, she's 35. Oh, you just... You broke a cardinal rule, bro. You're never supposed to get the age of a woman. I don't care. She's my sister. That's true. <laughs> All right, so she's 35, and how old's your brother? Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 28, so he's four years... 32. Okay, so your sister's the oldest. Yes. Then it's your brother, then and then you're the baby. Yeah. And uh, you're not... Definitely not a baby. No. No. People actually think I'm the oldest sometimes. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I laugh at them. You laugh at them. Yeah. Does that make you feel bad though when people look at you and they think you older than yeah. your 32 year old brother? Yeah. It makes me, I'm, I feel, I get angry. Do you but like start checking yourself with gray hairs, making sure there's I nothing showing up? I have gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, my uncle actually pointed it out a couple of days ago. Oh, wow. So pretty upset. So do you have, do you have family still over there everyone's going through all this? Home. Everyone's so, back uh, home. I have, uh, everyone's back home, but my uncle, he's here. And, um, yeah, everyone else is back home. Well, my dad's here, mom, brother, and sister, but everyone else is back home. Well, I hope whatever's going on over there, I hope there's a resolution, and I hope there could be peace one day over there. I hope so, too. If you guys are all listening, on, actually, on my Instagram page, in my bio, at uh, Crew Wrestling, in my bio, there's a link for a petition to sign, basically, basically stopping Iraq, I'm sorry, stopping Turkey from what they're doing right now. So if you guys can go sign that, please, that'd be, that'd be helpful. When this episode drops, I will also reiterate as the promotion carries on, we'll make Thank sure you. that we, we get as many as we can for you. Thank you. That, I would be an honor, honor to help you with that. Thank you. So let's get back to a little bit of a lighter-hearted subject. Let's get back to wrestling. Perfect. So I know that as you progress, you debuted, you debuted, you, you worked yourself in, you came comfortable, and then when did you start branching away from Battle Arts, working with the other promotions? And also, weren't you not a champion at Battle Arts? Yes. So tell me about that. First ever. You were the first ever? Well... Yeah. that's legendary my man that's it legendary is. thank you 
Uh, congratulations to Thank you on that. That's nobody can ever take that away from no. you. Forever, forever etched in the. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about when Santino Morella comes up to you and says, "You're the flagship." He never came up to me. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it was actually um, it was trippy. So it was weird, man. It was weird. It was like I feel like subliminals were thrown at me. And I didn't catch on to them until I actually won the title. And then I was just like, whoa, they were throwing at me. I should have caught on. Um, I didn't think I was going to win. Um, one day, it was at training. I was just working out. And I went up to Anna. Then I was just like, yo, I'm pretty excited for this tournament. And she goes, you are? I'm like, yeah. I go, honestly, like, I know I'm not going to win. And, but uh, I just, I'm just excited for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, to even be involved in to be to be involved in this tournament is even humbling. You know, it's my first year. Like I, I just completed one year of training at at Battle Arts. You know, I'm gonna be in this tournament. It, it's fun, you know. And then she said, "What do you mean you're not gonna win because uh, you're new?" She goes, "You never know what's gonna happen." So she said that. And I said, "Well, why is she gonna say that for?" And then one day it was my boy's birthday. He went to a buffet, and I said, "I'm not gonna be at practice." And then Anthony goes, "What? You don't want to be a champion?" And then. I just like, all right, you know, I ate my food there. I came back and then we did practice. And then the day of the show comes, we're all like discussing. And then um, one by one, Anthony would tell us like, okay, you're going to the next round. Because he wasn't telling, he didn't want to tell everybody backstage. So he goes, okay, you're going to go to the next round. So then when I, when that happened, I was just like, okay. So I sat down, you know, I was tying my shoelaces and stuff like that. And then Anthony goes, calls Randy Bino. He talks to Bino. He's I don't know what he told Bino. I don't know what the discussion was. Bino came in with a smile on his face. I go, oh, what, you're going to win? And then he goes, no, you're winning. And I was just like, no, 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 you're going to win? He goes, no, no, you're winning. I was just like, what the hell, I'm winning? He goes, yeah. He goes, congratulations. And then I was like, thank you. And I said, I didn't, he didn't even come up to me and told him to tell me. Like he, so you win the match. Yes. You're, you, got this, you got this beautiful championship strapped across right. your shoulders. What's the first thing going through your head? Uh... First thing that was going through my head was like, uh, I don't even know what was going through my mind at the time. There was a lot of things going. Um, My whole family was there first, so I was happy that they got to see that. Um, Basically, like, there 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 was a lot that was going through my mind. One, I couldn't believe it that I won. Two, I couldn't believe that he he trusted me. You know, like, I, I just completed a year. Like, why me? You know what I'm saying? And, uh... Three, I was just like, wow, like, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to win a belt, you know? And I got to win a belt, yeah. You know what? I can tell you why he picked you. I don't know why you don't know he could pick you. Maybe it's because you don't have an ego. You're a very humble guy, and I I love and I respect that about you. But I can tell you why he picked you. One, you have work ethic. Two, you're passionate. Three, you're humble. And four, I don't think you recognize your own ability and how fantastic you really are. So I I would take those as, 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 if a guy like, if a legend, a future Hall of Famer, is putting his trust in you to don the first ever belt. You don't question it. You just go with it. That's true. That's what I did. I just went with it. I didn't. I didn't quite. Well, yeah. I didn't even ask him why me. Still, I still never asked him why me. You I don't have. Asked. You never have to ask. That's why true. You. you don't have to ever ask. You just know that he put his faith in you. So how long was the title ring? Not that long. Still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah not that long. Uh, um. How long was it? Like three, four months. That's a decent title, right? Yeah, it's like three, four shows. Dude, I've seen wrestlers who have literally lost it. Okay, hello, Zack Ryder. 
That's won true. It, and lost it. Lost it the next night. You lasted four months. He lasted twenty four hours. Yeah. Actually, I don't even think he lasted a full twenty four hours. I think he <laughs> won it at like seven thirty. No, I think he won it at like nine o'clock on the Sunday, and he lost it like eight fifteen on the Monday. He didn't even last twenty four hours, bro. It was like a day. To, it wasn't even a full day. So you know what? That's that's awesome, man. That's that's crazy to sit there and win a title. And actually, you segued perfectly into my next question. Was you said your family was there, mm-hmm. so they all got to see that. So talk to me about family support because it seems like you and your mom, you got that very close relationship. Yes. You're probably very close with your dad. It seems like you're very close with all your immediate family, your sister, your brother. So <clears throat> you tell your brother, okay, I'm, I'm, if this doesn't, football doesn't work, I'm going to do wrestling. Yes. He was happy. And of course he was because he's been watching it since he was a kid. He got you into it. So he's like, yo, that's awesome. Well, what was the conversation like with mom and dad? That's, that's what I'm curious about. So this is actually, when I think about it sometimes, I laugh because it's funny. I used to actually like, joke around with them when I was younger. He's like, yo, mom, dad, I'm going to be a wrestler. And then they're like, they'll get mad. <laughs> like, nah, nah. And then my dad, like, you say stuff in Kurdish that I would not say right now. And like, <laughs> you just get mad, you know? And then he would always see, like, he hates Triple H. For some reason, my dad does not like Triple H. And the things Your that... Your dad and I would not get along, man. Yeah. Triple H is my oh, boy, man. Yeah. I've been a Triple H fan since day one. Terrorizing. That okay, is, that's when I appreciated the man. That is hilarious. My dad, for some reason, he doesn't like him. Like, guys with long hair, uh, when he first came to Canada, you know. He, oh, yeah, you I know, got you. You got me, right? Yeah, I so, got you. So my dad hated it. And then uh, my mom, she she hates it. She goes like, she goes, I didn't suffer for like many years to come to Canada for you to be a wrestler and get beat up, you know? <laughs> she, that's all she says. And then uh, when I got older, I was just like, yo. I'm making money. These guys can't tell me nothing if I'm paying for it. So I went up to them. I go, yo, guys, I'm doing it. They go, you're doing what? You know, I'm going to be a wrestler. <laughs> my mom, she looked at me like I was crazy. My dad started laughing. But they, I feel like they knew it was going to come. It was just about, it was just, just time. It was, they were waiting time. for you to just break the news to them. Yeah. They already had it in their head that this is, I think this is what he's going to do. My mom still blames my brother when I come back with a, like any cuts on me. Like, if, like, my back hurts or something hurts, she, she gets mad at my brother. She goes, it's your fault. <laughs> well, it kind of is. He's the one that turned you on to it, right? <laughs> so, when they were there, and they watched you win that title, that they must have been a proud mom and dad moment, for sure. Oh, yeah, they were really happy. I think that was the time when my dad actually just said, yo, you know what? You got you can do what you want to do. There you go. So, in a way, Santino Morella, by giving you the title, <laughs> helped your parents realize he's gonna do what he's got to do we just got to support him yes so in terms of your career so far we're only four years in mm-hmm. progression is progression you're gonna keep growing and evolving yes. is there right now you're a face because at junction city at least you're over yeah. i hadn't i never got a chance to see you at battle arts yet so i don't know what what the crowd reaction is for well, you they there. love me there they love you there <laughs> so i always got to ask because right now you're a face and it seems like you love being a face but is there is there a dark side to career oh, i'm a healer wherever i go and I love being a heel. Are you sure? Because I got to tell you, everywhere I've seen you, you a face. Yeah, they love you. I know. It's weird. Like, I think, I think uh, they, they don't love to hate me. You know, they just love to cheer for me. Wherever I, even as a heel, sometimes I get cheered, you know? But I guess it's like depending on the audience. You know who has more heat than you whenever who? I see him at Junction? Quickie? Ryan Wright. Yeah, Leo. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Wright has the most heat. That's my boy. Ryan Wright, my That's daughter my loves boy. him. At Junction City, actually. 
when everyone was booing for him, she was the only one cheering. Dude, I seen that. I was and so he, happy. He shared it. He uh, shared it. He shared the vote. He's like, look at look at this young, beautiful, smart girl. Yeah. She understands everything. Not like the rest of you snowflakes. I think I think Ryan Wright is progress. I gotta get. I gotta reach out to Ryan Wright. I gotta get him on the show for He's sure. A G. He's my road buddy. Oh, you guys travel together. Yeah, him and uh, Nathan. Yeah, those guys. Those are my road buddies. So, uh, is there any other promotions that you're working towards where we could see more crew at? Uh, SKM. You can see me at, um, man, honestly, this the, that was bad, man. When it comes to memory, my memory is horrible. SKM. Battle Arts Junction. Battle Arts Junction. Oh, man. And then there's other ones. I got to go on my phone to check them on my schedule, my calendar. But there's many other shows, too. Perfect. Um, I know I'm going to be on, um, let me check. The, I think it's NSW, if I'm not mistaken, or GGWN. GGWN, okay, yeah. yeah. That's like in Hamilton or yep. something? Yeah, GWN, that's where I'm going to be on uh, next, November 2nd. November 2nd? Yeah, so okay, well, this there. interview will drop after okay. after that show, but uh, that's okay. There's going to be plenty more time to get you back on the show down the line. Just go on my Instagram. Instagram, I'm posting everything there. If you, if you ask me this question <laughs> on top of my head, I can't remember. I'm sorry, guys. I asked the tough questions here, okay? I want to get to the <laughs> nitty-gritty. No, but um, you know what? Follow me on Instagram. It's Karoo Wrestling yes. on Instagram. And a couple more questions, if you, if you still got time, you having a good time? Oh, of course. Okay. So, I ask this question a lot, and I retired it, actually, a few weeks ago, when Casey Spinelli gave me the best answer. And I'm not going to tell you the answer. Okay. I'm going to propose the question. I actually have a setup that I do for it. So, picture this. Picture, not, a, not any timeline, but a time in the near future. You walk down the stairs to your house, maybe your own house, because you've progressed so far in wrestling that you've earned your own house. There in the kitchen is your wife, your girlfriend maybe. She makes you coffee. Sit down, you have breakfast. And then you walk over to the kitchen table, and in front of you are five contracts. Am I, am, are, is your skin tingling a little bit? You getting excited? <laughs> five contracts, all for the same amount of money, same amount of dates, same obligations. Five companies that I live and breathe for. WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro, and Ring of Honor. These are the five that I myself follow religiously. There are a lot of other great promotions out there, but these are the five that I follow religiously, as well as the beautiful Ontario indie scene that we have here. Who do you choose? And who's the first battle that you'd like to go at? Who's the first star on that roster? Whichever roster you choose that you would like to say, that's the guy, that's the one I want to tangle with right out the gate. Easy. Just say WWE. Okay. Um, and uh, who's Karu going at first? People might be like, "Why?" When I say the name, there's two, actually, because it can be either one of them. Okay. Jimmy or Jay Uso. So you want to take on you take on either of the Usos? Yeah. In a one on one. Yeah. I like it. The, the only reason why is like uh, one, I feel like I'll mesh with those guys, you know, like. The way that they move, the way that they talk, and the way that they act is like, you know, I'm a Metro Housing baby. You know, I wasn't born in Metro Housing, but I grew up in Metro Housing. So, like, when you have that swagger, you know, when you have that personality, you know, I can mess with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We can, we can, we can talk on a level where we're going to understand each other. And maybe not everybody's going to understand us, but we'll understand us. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that's all that matters. So, I feel like with them, I feel like we will, we will, we will. I feel like we'll just have a great match, you know? You know? Like, a classic wrestling match or maybe a stipulation type match? 
Steel Cage, False Count Anywhere. With those guys, I feel like he can have any match and it'll be amazing. Any stipulation, it'll still be amazing. Would you consider a handicap match? The Usos versus Karu. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be one of them. One of them. One, one of them. them. Okay, one all right. Yeah. Have you, have you, so that actually segues perfectly into my next question. Have you ever had any stipulation matches? Have you done like no holds barred, steel cages, last man standing, anything like that? I've done a, I've done a no holds barred. I've done um, actually a cage match at um, Barry one time, Barry Wrestling. Um, and yeah, that's it. Those are the only two, like no holds, like uh, and yeah, that was it. Just no holds barred matches and uh, one cage match. Are you a fan of those stipulation type matches, or do you honestly, like the classic wrestling matches? The money's right. I'll do a stipulation match. Nice. Yeah, I, honestly, like I'm not stupid no more. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna do anything for a dime or a nickel. Like if you want me to do a stipulation match, I'm sorry. Like my body is worth more, right? Than, than just just cheers. You know, I might sound I might sound um. I might sound like, not uptight or rude. Or probably foolish for even saying that. No, you sound protective. Because yeah. again, this is, if, if this is not working right, you don't eat. Exactly. And I get that. You know what I'm saying? So I'd rather leave a match with my bones intact mm -hmm. than do a stipulation match for 20 bucks and have a broken arm. Right. It's not going to make me happy. Absolutely. The more you're going to spend and the more time you're going to lose recovering from mm -hmm. that injury, you'd lose way more money down the line anyway. Exactly. So we didn't really get a chance to touch on it, but influences. Like, you mentioned Stone Cold, so I get that's one influence. Is there any other wrestlers that kind of stick out for you? Undertaker, The Rock, Jimmy and Jey Uso, you know, those guys. 100, that's it. You just want to be a member of the Uso Penitentiary so bad, don't you? Nah, man, I don't know, man. Just something about, like, that, just that whole, uh, that Samoan bloodline, bro. Just something about them. They're all, they're all grimy, man. Like... Except for Roman Reigns. I'm sorry. No, yeah, except for him. I don't care about him. But, like... <laughs> Yo, they're they're all grimy, man. They have like a like like a a rugged side to them. I, I'm a rugged man, you know. I, I, if you come at me rugged, I'm gonna respect that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just like that. I like that personality. I don't know, man. It's, maybe I grew up in the hood for way too long, or what? <laughs> but man, I'm I'm, I'm a Timberlands guy. You know, if you come in, I'll come in with like some crazy Tims. Probably won't even be laced up right. You know, I'll come with my beard scruffed. I'll come with some track pants. I'll come in looking like a Wu-Tang Clan member. And I'll be right behind you with my hair perfectly coiffed, my goatee <laughs> shaped, and my diamond earrings in my ears. <laughs> All right, my last question before we go is, uh, it's an easy one. It's one that I, I only ask when I feel the vibe is right. Perfect. Where do you see yourself? What's the short-term goals for you? Obviously progressing and getting more and learning more and growing and branching out to more promotion. But what's the short-term goal for you? Let's say next. Let's say five years from now. What's the one thing that Karu that you want to do more than anything in this business? That's, that's an easy question. <laughs> Got me thinking. That's an easy question for me to ask. It's hard for you to answer. <laughs> um, short term goal: five years. Honestly. Within five years, I would love to at least be able to say I've traveled to five or six different countries. All because of pro wrestling. I think that's a great goal. That's an absolute great goal, and that's an attainable goal. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think the, the, the most fun about talking to wrestlers are, is that you, get, you talk to them, 
figure out where they've been and where they want to go. And that's a, I think that's an obtainable goal for. Have you wrestled in the states at all yet? Yes. And how do you? How's the experience there? Because you know what, Canadian fans, we're nice. We get into it, but we're respectful. American fans can be rowdy. How was the experience with the American fans? Can I say they're racist with a capital R? <laughs> hey, uh, no holds barred, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So, is there any? Is there any kind of? I guess this is kind of a separate question now. Has there ever been a fan that's kind of crossed the line with you, like taken it, believed it so much that they they just had to just get up in your face? You know the fan I'm talking yeah. about, the type of fan I'm talking about. No, never happened yet. Um, but I can tell you about one experience where the whole crowd was racist and I didn't know how to take it. <laughs> so it was my first time wrestling in the States. It's actually my first time doing an indie show. Uh, thanks to Hornet. I actually thank Hornet for everything. You know, I thank you, Hornet, for everything, bro. He's actually the reason why, like, my skills have, have, have are the reason why, he's, he's the reason why I've, I've, I'm, I'm me, basically, you know? And my skills are the way they are because of him. Used to do like all these beginner classes in the morning. I used to go to them. Thank you, Hornet. And he's the reason why I actually got into the indie scene because he brought me to my first indie show. Loved it. Fell in love with it actually. Hornet. Thank you, Hornet. Hundred yeah. percent. It was in America, and the, I was facing Hornet actually in the match, and the crowd was chanting uh, "terrorist," "ISIS." Go back to ISIS. You're a terrorist. Um, yeah, just all nasty. Just the whole the whole entire match. Just pretty much Fox News feeding the bullshit. Exactly. Just everybody, because you look a certain way, a you're tourist. automatically that way. And even though the announcer said, from Kurdistan, Karub, they all still said... As soon as they heard the Stan, I think that's what it was. As soon as they heard any Stan, yep. Pakistan, Iran, anything that ends in like an AN, they're all over you. And that's okay. You know what, though? At least you could say now you've earned your stripes with that. You know, you know what, if you ever go back to the States, you know what's coming. But you know what, though? Now, looking at it, I'll take that heat any day. It's good organic heat. When yeah. It's, when it's like that, it's good organic heat. But at the time, I was really upset. I still tell everybody about that story because, like, uh, nobody's ever been racist to me, you know? So, it's like, so, hearing that, fucking cheese me. Yeah. No, 100%. That would piss me off, too. Yeah. That's like somebody calling me a wop squap or something like that. Mm. I'm Scottish and Italian. Yeah, that would that would 100% piss me off for yeah. sure. But That's then, an insult. Looking back at it now, it's like, now, if you say that to me, I'll eat it up. But if you try to come and touch me, that's a different story. 100%. Yeah. So th- this is, uh, I-, I actually want to take the time to thank you for being on the show and officially let you know you're now a member of the Straight Talk family. Ah, thank you. Anytime you want to come back, you just give me a call. Say, George, let's do it again. I would love to have you Perfect. back on the show. Thank you. I had a I- lot of fun. Thank you. I appreciate that. I try. I always try to make my interviews very fun and relaxing. I'm glad you had fun. Last question, because I think this is an important question, just because I saw the connection my daughter had with you and how great you are with kids. And you mentioned about being a father. Yes. Down the line, one day, hopefully. Hope you get a daughter. Hope she drives you as crazy as mine does. <laughs> no. Both of them. Both no. of them. They're the lights of my life. But my three-year-old, she's, a, she's Satan. I'll send them back to Kurdistan. <laughs> I'm back home. If you, at a show, if you had a little boy or a little girl come up to you. Yes. And, you know, they meet you to take pictures with you. And they turn to you and they say, I, you, I love what you do. And I want to do what you do. What would be the advice you would pass on to that little boy or little girl? That comes up to you and says, you know what, I want to get into pro wrestling. I'll tell them to do it. Do whatever you believe in. And don't let nobody ever tell you no. Because if if you're if, if if at one point in life you decide to say no, you won't be here. It's like don't listen to anybody else and just follow your dreams. 
very hallmarkish card of you. I love thank it. Thank you. I love thank it. You. All right. Well, that's it for the day. Again, thank you so much for no being problem. here, thank taking you. the time out with me. I appreciate it. And good luck in your future, man. I know thank it's going to be bright. I'm going to see you one day on my TV and be like, I interviewed that guy. <laughs> I interviewed that guy. I know all about, I know all about Krasitan. I know all about, you know, how gangster he is. And I know one day he's going to meet one of the Usos and he's going to fuck one of them up. We don't know which one. He don't care. He wants one or the other. He doesn't want both, but he wants one or the other. All right, crew, thank you so much for taking the time out today. Anytime, brother. All right, man. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.